Dating and Friends. Hi there, this is Single Married Divorced. I'm Eric Rung, and I'm single. I'm Tom McGuire, and I'm happily married. I'm Allison Collins, and I'm happily divorced. All right, so there is a a lot of talk about this here recently. There was a couple articles. There was one in the Tribune here recently about men and friendships as they get older and as they are in relationships, and research shows that friendships tend to suffer or just go away completely as men are in serious relationships. And it, it is actually kind of a, 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 a threat, I guess uh, you could say, uh, health-wise, because they don't have those friendships. Tom, you, you're married. Uh, how would you say your friendships have gone? Are they about the same, less? I mean, actually, in my personal life, I was reading these articles thinking, like, this is not me at all. I mean, I feel like I have two really good groups of buddies. I've got uh, a group of high school buddies um, that have kind of morphed into what I call my Iowa buddies. That's how I ended up with uh, Eric Rung in my life, was they all went to Iowa together and then made new friends, and I became friends with their friends. And then I've got my buddies from Dayton, so I have my college friends, my high school friends. And I think, I mean, obviously it's not like our 20s, you know, where we're together all the time, but, I mean, I've kept all my friends as far as I know, and then I have... uh, and even some friends from like growing up, and that I've you know, and kept. you feel like you've maintained those relationships, yeah. To I mean, a certain I think, degree. yeah, I think to a certain degree. I mean, there's certain people that you know, you have to. I mean, I'm not big on the phone, right? So then it makes it a little more effort, but you know, you text or WhatsApp or you know, a chat with a few guys occasionally. But I feel like I could go show up at any of their houses right now and hang out. And not I mean, we're all still, yeah, we're all still great friends, it's just. Mm-hmm. Life and, changes as you get older. And Allison, you have two brothers, obviously a father as well. How did you kind of take a look at these articles and how they played into their relationships with their friends? Uh, would you say they were accurate? Yeah. I mean, I think like Tom said, I think guys, I mean, they'll always be friends, um, but I don't think they see each other nearly as much as they used to. Um, I think women make a point of making like weekly visits where men can go months and still be friends and show up at their house and it's no big deal but growing up my dad's friends were you know he had like really good friends growing up that would come visit maybe once a year once every few years and then um his friends were like my mom's friends husbands right and a lot of this article one was in uh cosmo and then the other one was in the trip as i mentioned but they also talk about how women foster these relationships a lot more than men do that and they a lot of times they'll do it through their kids because then you know you're signing up your children for sports and you get to know another mom and then all of a sudden you're emailing and then the next thing you know you're in a book club together or uh, yeah, you go out drinking wine and women i think women are geniuses for one reason uh well m- many reasons really. i can't wait to hear this <laughs> book club book club is genius and i feel like guys have not embraced anything like it i guess some guys play golf maybe and that could be considered their book club i feel like in the suburbs a lot of dads are getting into paddle like once you move to the burbs or like work with people from the burbs, paddle tennis is this big pickleball. craze. Pickleball, it's similar to pickleball, a little higher oh, speed. A little different? Okay. It's a little different. But ba- same basic idea. Man, you've uh, really embraced Arlington Heights if you're I'm not in paddle <laughs> yet, but people are like you gotta play paddle. And basically it's an excuse to go play paddle tennis and drink a couple beers. Right. But like like my wife's in a book club, the neighbors have a book club, like I feel like women have really like embraced book club. Um 
which is you know once a month you get together, right? I mean, it's mm-hmm. like I don't have it, anything like that. Yeah, a lot of things are planned, right, Allison? Right. I mean, uh, I was in my sister in law's book club for a long time, but I would never read the book. I'd just go there and tell them ridiculous stories, and so they kept me in. But it was too far. Had to cut company. that out. But it was still it was uh, a way for you to uh, even if it wasn't maybe deep talking or whatever. I mean, it was a it was an outlet for you, right? I think as women, I think you need like I feel like I need at least like the support of women uh, of other women to like flourish and grow and bounce ideas off of. Like I need that, and I don't think that men need that, and I think maybe that's don't why. think that we need it, or we don't admit that we need it. Would you say? <laughs> I don't know. My dad started going to this club like at the church on Saturday mornings and it's ridiculous. It's like from 6.30 to 8.30 so they can get it done before whatever, yard work and kids sports and stuff. And he loves it. And he goes like every Saturday now and brings some kind of ridiculous snack. And so maybe I feel kind of like he's getting to the point where like he's realizing that maybe it feels good to have the support of men. And he's not like a churchy kind of guy. So it's very odd mm-hmm. for me to watch this all happen but i think maybe because it is just a i don't know like guys are going there and well and, and tom you had mentioned too though that you were reading these and you didn't think this really applied to you in the, in the way your life has gone uh so far as the single one here and i see most of my friends that are married i see them less and less and i mean that's something that i guess you i would expect as you get older as well um and but I would say, again, that, um, you know, I see you less now, and especially since you moved to the Burbs, I see you even less, because, I mean, occasionally we would go watch a Bears game or, you know, go to the Cubs game or something like that, which still happens occasionally, uh, but definitely not as often anymore. So, and, and this was the one quote that I thought was interesting out of the article from the Trib was in, uh, this was a 2017 Boston Globe article that is quoted here as the biggest threat facing middle-aged men isn't smoking or obesity it's loneliness and you mentioned your father allison too and and go thinking about my father and his friends he he had great friends in high school and kept in contact with them every now and again but as i got older i think they own my parents really only saw uh, that one couple who was really good friends with my dad in college, it was like a weekly Saturday thing. But that's pretty much it as far as my dad's friends, although we had plenty of them, but it just wasn't, it didn't seem like a priority to him, which I, I, I was interesting thinking about this in the context of the articles. Yeah, I feel like my dad's, uh, my parents have like neighbor friends where it's, uh, they, you know, they all met at the same time. They're all, you know, they've kind of become friends together as couples. But then my dad's like, sorry, my mom's college friends, their husbands would be like my dad's like click now. I think mm-hmm. over the decades, like the f- women made an effort to stick together. And some of them, they all married. They all like, went to college in Dubuque, Iowa. A lot of them married guys from the same college. So, my, you know, my dad's kind of adopted that crew Again, through the wives, so maybe it is just because women make. The do you effort think those? To, do you think those relationships would have fostered in another way had the wives not intervened? Not necessarily with those men, but in general. Do you think your father would be out and about with anybody else? That's a really weird <laughs> choice of words, but no. I mean, I I mean he has like his <laughs> like now through uh, now he plays golf with a, a group of guys. 
that are not related to that crowd. That crowd. But I think it was basically, the, you know, if the wives are going to plan stuff and they're going to bring their husbands and the husbands are all going to hang out and you're going to get to know each other over 40 plus, almost 50 years now, mm-hmm. that just kind of happens. I think know. the frequency with men is a lot less. Like, now that I think about it, my dad does have a group of guys he goes, you know, on golf trips with and they probably go in three a year or something. And they have a great time and they adore each other and that's great. But, like, if I didn't see my girlfriends but... Three times a year, I would be devastated. And which goes back very to very lonely. Which goes back to the 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 question that you kind of raised: Do we admit that we need m- other men and their support in our lives? Uh, is that something that we, that we admit that we need, or that we you know we just need it uh, occasionally, like every three three times a year or something? Yeah, that's. I'm literally thinking hard about that question. I'm like, do I need the support of other men in my life? The camaraderie, I guess you would say. The ca- I would because say there the is, camaraderie there is a more different, than support, I there would is, say. There is a difference, obviously, when you were hanging out with, like, uh, when we would do our Christmas dinners, uh, when you, we would have 12 guys all sitting in a room. There is very different conversations when there's 12 guys sitting in a room compared to... 24 people sitting in a room because they all have their wives with them. True. But actually, so one of our friends and I were talking about we all have to get together, and we said, like, well, we should do it with the wives this time because I feel like, you know, we don't, we, a lot of times you do it with, like, oh, a guy's night. Like, all right, but I haven't seen some of their wives in forever now, right? So let's, like, do a co-ed night. But I also feel like some of the best times I've had, like, the, the most fun I've had in Las Vegas was sitting in a suite with a bunch of our buddies. Rung, you were there. <laughs> that was a reoccurring theme that we get. The reoccurring theme was every story we would tell. It would be, Rung, you were there. Uh, I mean, that was the most fun I had was sitting in a room with my buddies. Exactly. I didn't have to That's go to some bar or some that. club. That was yeah. the best part of the trip. Absolutely. So maybe like, there is something to be said for... You're having the, that time, I guess. I mean, the, I mean, support, I'm like, yeah, I don't know about support, but camaraderie. Well, indirectly. I definitely I w- think camaraderie, 100%, I think you need it. I think also, though, indirectly, that is a form of support. I mean, you're able to, I don't know, say things that, um, well, I don't know if you say things you wouldn't say in other company, but, um, you know, there, there are certain things that you talk about that. Well, some of the wrong you were there stories were probably, uh, <laughs> But <laughs> would only be shared in certain company, you know? Right, 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 right. But, uh, I mean, well, as as they famously said in... Uh, swingers? Swingers, swingers. Yeah. yes. We all have stories. Yes. But, I'm sorry, are you going to share these stories? Or no, am I just going to sit no. here? <laughs> <laughs> you probably have heard some of them. Yeah, I don't think we need to share the stories, but... No, no, definitely not. But there is something to be said for that sitting around laughing having a good time remembering those stories i think we do need that in our lives i need it in my life i would say yeah i mean i think like if i think about my college girlfriends and they live all over the country and we get together you know once a year and we laugh so hard and it's wonderful um and i kind of feel like that's what you guys do but then i have like the women that live by me and if i only saw them even once a month it would it would be really hard, I think. I think I would be sad and... I, w- I think a lot of our friends don't have, with maybe you as an exception, I would say there's a lot of our friends that don't have a whole lot of other friends other than the people they went to school with, the people that they went to high school with. Hmm. At yeah, least it I think, seems like that. I think I see like some people that we're friends with, I see them actively trying not to have friends. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... 
and I, and I know the response is always, "Oh, I have enough friends already that I don't even see," but I I think that uh, getting getting out there and and getting into a new group of friends, and sometimes you can do that with the wives or whatever. Uh, and, and that I, I think you grow as a as a person in those situations too. Well, May, and I'm right. maybe I'm thinking that just because I have been in so many situations where I didn't know anybody and had to make friends, so it was a little different, I guess. But no, but you're right. I mean, it's funny you say that because when we moved to the Burbs, I had said to Beth, "I'm like, hey, listen, I got enough friends, okay? Like, I'll be nice and neighborly." <laughs> and then like, there's like a crew on our street, and they're like, like, like more friends now. Mm-hmm. Um, and we generally hang out as couples. The ladies will go out. Um, you know, together and the guys generally it's as, you know, with the wives. Um, but they're definitely like, you know, three couples in particular where we, you know, spend time together, hang out together, you know, a lot of kids involved. So it's, I mean, it's perfect. We have to chill out in someone's backyard and, you know, drink a couple of beers, the kids play. Um, so I have more friends. You know? <laughs> mm, so we're so proud. The issue of friendship is, has always been a reoccurring theme on uh, this show. And our next topic is uh, going to talk a little bit about the, the dating and friendship once again. Um, but before we get to that, Allison is back from her big European vacation. <laughs> I am. And she's had two vacations, actually, in the time we've recorded here. Uh, I was Must a jet nice. setter. Two vacations. May I tell you, teachers, they really got the life. <laughs> Listen, uh, the one was very, very short, and I only took off one day. The, Europe was great. Uh, I loved it. I felt so lucky. Did you find your Spaniard? I did not. I thought, I thought that the tour guide and I were going to fall in love. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did fall in love with a teacher that was not me. Hmm. <laughs> oh, nuts. Uh, do I'm we like, need to have a conversation <laughs> with this uh, other teacher? No, no. The other teacher is a way uh, better person, more beautiful, uh, m- better educated. Like, she's amazing. Uh, he made the right choice. <laughs> oh, Alice. Come on, Alice. Hey, fish, I did fish not, for compliments. Much I did else. not. No, no, no. I'm serious. I'll show you. Yeah, pics, please. Pics. I, I like dressed all cute one day and I walked up and they were holding hands. I was like, oh. Holding oh. hands? Mm-hmm. In front of the students? No, the students weren't there yet. It was uh, m- like our morning meeting thing. Holding hands that Dang. quick. Huh? How long was mm-hmm. this trip? 10 days. Well, it was supposed to be 10 days. Oh, yeah. Then we end up, uh, we flew from madrid to toronto and uh we didn't have seats for the flight and then all of a sudden i got bumped to first class from madrid to toronto which was by far the coolest thing i've ever done and my one crazy daughter likes to watch youtube videos of people in first class and like they what (laughs) but people like you have to fly first class and this is why and they kind of like show you everything you get and they go through the little pouches and tell me you made a video um, I made like a super short one because I was sleep deprived. And I was just like, it's me and I'm in this pod. So anyway, I we got to Toronto and I didn't have a seat again. So I assumed that I was probably flying first class. Naturally. You did such a good job at it the first time. Um, I did not have a seat at all. Mm. So they uh, we kept trying to get the kids flights so they could get home because had, we had school the next morning. And um, they kept offering more and more money to get the kids on the plane so finally we got two chaperones on the plane that already had, they had seats to begin with. And then at the end they shut the door and we still had one student with us. Oh no. I know. We had to call her mom and be like, um. Sorry. <laughs> so she's the only one that didn't make the flight. And she's like, how, how did this happen? So five adults, one student, and then we got set loose in Toronto. 
It was pretty great. It just got things got crazy. N- no, we got a hotel room at like three a.m. and then, but the next morning was fun. Uh, anyway, point being, it <laughs> it was eleven days, not ten. Um, well, give me give us some highlights here. Well, in Paris, there was protests. Um, I went to Notre Dame <laughs> before the fire. Before the fire. There's no coincidence. I just want that. Did you? I did uh, light a candle. Sure. Did you go? Th- oh, you went inside. You get, got oh, yeah. to go through it. Okay. Yeah, but the coolest part, we did this tour. Uh, it was a boat tour down the river, um, and you start at the Eiffel Tower, and it was nighttime, and then you like float by Notre Dame, and it was just so like majestic and beautiful, and uh, I loved it, and I feel you know lucky I was there then. But there were all the protests going on, which was scary because... The yellow, yellow, yellow yes. vests. Yellow vests. Apparently, they only protest, like, on Saturdays, really, you know, aggressively. But we were touring the area they protested on a Saturday, and they're, like, throwing huge chunks of rock. And there were just hundreds of men with machine guns standing around, which was kind of hot, if anyone was wondering. Um, Man in uniform. But then Barcelona was the best, hands down. That was my favorite place. Why? I'm sorry, Where? Barcelona. Barcelona. Oh, Barcelona. Uh, I don't know. Maybe because Paris was like cold and dreary. And I mean, it was, I mean, the history and the architecture was really amazing. But then we show up at the beach and there was a place that only served um, Iberica ham and champagne. And you just like picked your price point on it. And I was like, man, this is, this place was not a bad way to live. Um, but it was beautiful, and the weather was nice, and the food was amazing, and the people were great. We did a bike tour of the whole city, um, and like up and through parks, and it was just, I loved it. Mm-hmm. Did you uh, go through the uh, the church, the uh-huh. Sagrada Familia? Yes. See, si, see, si. um, it was. I mean, the stained glass in there was pretty amazing. That's, this is a uh, cathedral that's been under construction since 1880. Something like that. Something like that. And yeah. still under construction. It's still like 20 years away from being done, right. I think. They plan on finishing it like on the 150th birthday or something. And it's all done by private donations. There we go. And it is pretty incredible. I didn't get to go inside because I was not warned to buy tickets prior mm. to... Oh no! Yeah, that was yeah, sad that when you'd cool. watch people walk up and they'd be like, "Well, where do we buy tickets?" And they're like, "Yeah, no, there's uh, <laughs> three <laughs> weeks ago." I'm just here to pray. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we went to a lot of churches, uh, but yeah, it was a magical trip. It went a day too long. I was supposed to land at O'Hare and get the girls from their flight from Wyoming, and oh, that would have been a miracle. If that worked out. It did not match up at hmm. all. Well, I mean, my parents were waiting in the wings just in case, but. Uh, that was kind of sad because they thought I was coming and then I wasn't and I felt really guilty. Did, were there uh, any romances between the students on this trip that you were able to um, The students find? were so, like, uh, they were delightful and I kept waiting for something bad to happen. No one sneaking out, going to bars? No one snuck out. I put tape on their doors so th- <laughs> and I, like, waited some time to, like, catch them. But we literally walked 30,000 steps, mm-hmm. you know, by lunchtime. It was just insane. But, um... Yeah, the kids were great. Some of them were holding hands. That's really the extent of it. No, it's not bad. It is the city of love, too. Right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Sure thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now to uh, our favorite topic. Oh, wait, wait, wait. We didn't even get into Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Oh, thanks, guys. How was it? It was um, perfect. What did you do? Um, 
Well, the night before was special ed prom, which is the greatest night. Oh, my God. I <laughs> went to that. That was amazing. I wish I got you in. Oh, that yes. was so much fun. That's right. Anyway, tell people about special ed prom. Uh, it's it's seriously the greatest night of the entire year. Well, uh, it's really up there with the the Cubs night, the... Uh, Hot stove, Theo, cool music. Theo Epstein thing. Those are my two favorites. It's coming soon. My students have um, exceptional needs, and they have a, They can go to whatever prom they want. They can go to both proms, but there's a prom just for anyone in the exceptional needs program. In the, it's, they work in a very large district, and it's like it's dancing all night long with people with no inhibitions. You gotta love any of this Cupid's shuffle slide songs. Um, but it's just you dance all night long and everyone's happy and I don't know. It's it's it. amazing and you get to take uh, actual. I got to take an actual prom picture yes. with Allison as well. <laughs> oh, maybe I need to post this. I don't, uh, I don't even I don't know, know where we would find this. I don't know where we it. find it. No, it's framed in one of your houses. I'm sure <laughs> it was burned. In the <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um no i remember that was so much fun i had a one. great time i got twirled by a very strong high school young man <laughs> um it was a good time that it was, was fun that was some aggressive twirling i forgot <laughs> <laughs> all right now we can move on to our uh question number two here um we've gone over it a lot of times but just just for for there, there was something that I saw. This was on Elite Daily, which I'm not even sure what that is, but it's a website that talks about relationship stuff. And it's this is things to remember when you are dating somebody that you're already friends with. First of all, let's just reinforce where we are on our stance on this. Should you date friends? I'm, I'm completely against it. I think it's a terrible idea. All right. Nah, a little curveball. <laughs> I think it's fine. Who cares? Just give it a try. Allison? Um, I mean, I have. I Yeah. Know. I have two. I'm for it as well. But here's the things that uh, you need to keep in mind. You're going to run into them a lot, which uh, if you're running in the same friend group, would you say? Yes? Oh, no? yeah, for sure. Um, I'm just getting my list open. Oh, yeah. No, you, can, you already know uh, all the facts about them. Not all the facts, but you're not learning a whole lot as the relationship grows. Uh, here's the big one I would say is you could lose a friend, which, uh, we've, we've chatted about, uh, ad nauseum, I would say, yes. uh, they might talk to your friends. I don't know if that's a big deal. You, uh, would have to shift how you see each other. Well, obviously. Right. Um, but don't you think though, when you're already friends with somebody, you know, if there's something there, like you kind of get that sense to begin with, like. Oh, I could be into this person. Like when you meet them, maybe not right when you meet them. Maybe it, maybe it's you've been hanging out as a friend group for a while, but at some point, don't you start catching feelings a little bit? I've dated people where I didn't, I wasn't attracted to them, and then I became friends with them, and then start dating them. Right. Um, but I've done it the other way too. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, you can learn that you don't like them. Uh, that's happened. I've done that. Uh, they may have ideas about who you are, which kind of goes uh, into... Of course you. they would. They're yeah. your friend. But but uh, that kind of goes back to you may learn that you don't like them. Um, they'd have access to your social media. I think everybody has access to everybody's social media. Uh, stalking purposes. Not mine. Not mine. Really? Yeah. Uh, You're all private? I'm pretty private. Yeah. I'm pretty private too, but I, I feel like there's ways around that. Because when I look up people at work and stuff, 
not people I work with, but <laughs> people for work, um, I could generally find some information about them on hmm. some social media and some way to contact them. I think in Twitter you can find it pretty easily because... Yeah, well, it, but a lot of times you'll have to follow them and they'll have to follow you back in order to send them a DM, but um, but there are ways. Um, anyway, uh, your friends could have an opinion on it. They have an opinion on everything. Yeah, I know. I, would, I wouldn't be friends with them if they didn't, Yeah. right? <laughs> um, so... I, I don't know. It just seems like uh, we talk about this a lot, so I figured I'd bring it up again. Um, I think Tom is dying. <laughs> I am dying. Sorry. He just coughed up a lung. Uh, I've had a cough for like a week and a half. We have super bugs now, and we've done it to ourselves with all the antibacterial uh, stuff. I thought you were going to tell me you're, you're that, an anti-vaxxer now. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> definitely not. I think that the whole list is... Um, we talked about once, like just the need for content, so you get stuff like this. The only item on that list that I think even matters is you could lose a friend. Right. Everything else is like, yeah, so or duh or. So that's the risk. Do you want to risk well, think, losing think, this person I as a friend if it goes south? That number three and number one go hand in hand, which is you could lose a friend and you might run into them a lot. I had that problem. Yes. Yeah. Uh, where I broke up with someone that. I was friends with, and I ran into him a lot, and I had to like, you know. It, it was, How awkward was it? Um, <clears throat> okay, and we worked together, so <laughs> I would take like different routes around the building to make sure that I didn't run into them, and it was very obvious that I was doing it. I don't think I've ever dated a friend. Hmm. For someone that has such strong opinions on this, there I think a lot of people background. I could have dated probably. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's, I mean, I don't know. I think it all depends on how mature you are and how, uh, no, what it really matters on is who breaks up with who and if it's mutual or if it's ends badly or if it ends well. Right. If it ends well, I don't see any reason. Like, let's face it, you're not going to marry everyone you date. That's why you date. Right. So if you're together with a friend and it's like, you know what, this isn't really working, let's go back to being friends. And that should be. That should be a possible transition. If one cheats on the other, or there's some awful thing that happens, then you're probably not going to be friends anymore. Right. And then the, it gets awkward for the group. I mean, it really goes back to Ross and Rachel, really. <laughs> I mean, that's what happened with Ross and Rachel, and they were able to get through it, and they ended up together. So, And that's real. That's completely real. That was the most <laughs> realistic uh, portrayal of a relationship in the history of television. You watched Friends? I think everybody watched, I watched Friends. Yeah, of course I watched Friends. Who didn't watch Friends? Yeah. I, don't, I, I don't know. I guess I'm just surprised. You kind of had to watch Friends because you, you had to watch Seinfeld. In fact, when I was a freshman, mm-hmm. I had short, dark hair, and this group of young ladies started calling me Ross, and it stuck with some of them for like four years. In fact, if I went back, if I saw some of them today, they'd say, hey, Ross. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, next then he week- turned into a real whiner, so I wasn't so thrilled with it when <laughs> Ross turned into a real whiner. Right. I mean, that character went south pretty quick but it's still the the most real portrayal no i was kidding <laughs> i know i know come I know. on i know uh, i love lucy was the most realistic portrayal <laughs> of a marriage next week we are going to get a little bit more in depth this is another reason why i wanted to bring this topic up again because uh next week we're going to talk to a couple that not only uh, uh works together they're married and uh, see how that relationship works and some of the pros, cons, some things that they've run into, maybe some things that surprise them about working together in their marriage as well. So it's kind of uh, why I wanted to talk about the front scene again. We'll take it a step further next week. 
So for Ross and Allison, I'm Eric Rung. This has been Single Married Divorce. Thanks for listening.